Welcome back. As you recall from our first session, we're, we're on a, a pilgrimage, um, a spiritual pilgrimage through a journey with John, through John, uh, John's gospel. Uh, and in our first session, we kind of set the framework for what we were doing on this pilgrimage and where we were headed as, as um, Jesus took 12 ordinary people and made them disciples. And what we're looking at is how Jesus did that and how we can apply what Jesus did in those 12 people that changed the world, how he can do that in our lives as well. So the, the beginning of John's gospel, we talked about last time where he, he set the framework for what he wanted to do. And uh, today we're, we're moving on uh, through uh, um, the gospel of John. I'm, I'm looking at John chapter one verses 35 through 39. I hope you've had a chance to read the entire gospel to get the, the whole story. And we're gonna divide it up into sections uh, through these sessions together. Um, but in this session, we, we see the witness of John the Baptist. Now, remember that uh, the disciple John is not John the Baptist. Um, the disciple John wrote some years after Jesus died. And this is sort of his diary of the events that took place as he remembered it. And some people say as many as 90 years after the death of Christ. So, you know, John was in his 90s and this was written from memory. Uh, that's why some of his uh, recollections are not exactly the same as uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, but um, he, he wrote down what captured his attention. So I think in that it's very significant. He was also writing to counteract some of the questions that had arisen um, in his time during those 90 years. Some of the same questions that we deal with today, by the way. But in John chapter one, verse uh, 35 through 39, um, and I have a mark, um, but I had it on the wrong page. So let me go back and do that so I, by the way, I'm using notes. Uh, you'll be glad that I am because if I don't have my notes in front of me, I will chase rabbits. Um, and I'm trying not to do that. John chapter 1, verses 35 through 39. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying and, and spent that day with him. It was about the 10th hour. Um, so here we, here we see where John the Baptist, who lived a very different lifestyle than, than Jesus did. He ate um, honey and locusts and wore animal skins, uh, lived out in the wilderness, and uh, he, he would be called very radical in today's society. Uh, and John baptized Jesus, and, and when he did, he saw a, a dove come and light on the shoulder of Jesus. And that was a sign to him that this was the Son of God. Not only did the dove light on Jesus, but he heard a voice that said, this is my beloved Son. All of this was to allow John to, to know exactly who God had chosen um, and so that he could 
allow his disciples to follow after Jesus. John had many disciples, and when some of these saw Jesus, John pointed his disciples to Jesus Christ. One of the elements in John's life, one of the things of John the Baptist's life, he said, um, I must decrease and he must increase. Uh, John the Baptist realized that his ministry was to prepare the way for the Messiah, to prepare the way for the Christ. So when the Christ came, it was time for him to step out of the picture and allow Jesus to take over. So he, he pointed his disciples towards um, uh, Jesus and the disciples uh, followed uh, after him. And um, it, it's amazing how they did that. You know, one disciple would follow him and they would find out more about who he is and then they would go and get somebody else. Well, one of those was Andrew who found his brother Simon. Now Simon became Peter. Uh, Andrew found Simon and, and brought him to meet Jesus. Another disciple, Philip, heard Jesus calling and followed him, and he went and found Nathanael. Uh, let, me, let me read that to you, if I might. It's uh, chapter 1, verses 45 through 49. Chapter 1, beginning with verse 45. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael replied, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Uh, and Philip said, Come and see. Come and see for yourself. You know, there, there are so many things we hear about Jesus. But the important part is that we come and we see for ourselves. That we have that personal encounter with the living Lord. Um, they had heard about him, they had read about the Messiah, but it was coming into the presence of Christ and experiencing him for themselves that made a difference in their lives. You know, I know these disciples had heard about Jesus from their youth. They, the, 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 the Jews were very um, educated in the scriptures. They could, most of them couldn't read, but they, they were told the stories and they were passed down from generation to generation and they were very faithful to the synagogue and to the teachings of the of the uh, of the elders and and they were curious about this Jesus could this be the Messiah what if Jesus is who he said he was and that's pricked their interest enough to come and see for themselves um, because they were curious they wanted to know the first step to becoming a disciple is to see for yourself who Jesus is. That's the first step. And that's what these disciples did. They came for themselves. They came to see who he was. You can hear about him. Um, people can tell you about it. Other people will, will talk about who Jesus is. But you, but you need to know for yourself who this Jesus is. And I guess my question to you is this. Have you ever seriously considered the claims of Jesus Christ? Have you ever seriously thought about who Jesus claimed to be? And if you have, what was your decision? Do you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God? Um, 
You can't go by what somebody tells you. You've got to come and see for yourself who Jesus is. Chapter 2 of John uh, describes the first miracle of Jesus. Um, Jesus and his disciples attended a wedding, and, they, and they, at the wedding feast, they ran out of wine. Uh, Jesus turned six stone water pots of water into wine. Uh, the purpose of this miracle was not to put on a show. It, it was not, um, you know, um, what's that song, Come Walk Across My Swimming Pool? That often we want Jesus to put on a show for us. Uh, but that's not why Jesus did this. Jesus did this to demonstrate the glory of God. He wanted to demonstrate that God has power in this world. Um, if you look at... Uh, John chapter 2, verse 11, you'll see um, an explanation of this. Uh, John chapter 2, verse 11 says, This is the first of his miraculous signs Jesus performed at Cana in Galilee. He thus revealed his glory, and his disciples put their faith in him. Because of what Jesus did, they began to believe in him. Wow! Look at this guy. Not only does he fulfill what the scriptures say about the Messiah, but, but this guy can perform all kinds of signs and wonders and miracles. So their, their faith is being shaped as they spend more time with him. Can you imagine what that must have been like to have witnessed that miracle, to have been there? Now, they didn't, they didn't publicize it, but the, the servants who carried the water pots and the disciples knew about this miracle and knew what had happened. Um, they were beginning to, to understand more and more about who he was as God revealed himself to those who honestly seek him. And God does. God will reveal himself little by little where we're able to understand, where we are able to comprehend who he is. And you'll spend eternity getting to know God. That's, that's a long time, but that's how awesome our God is. That's how big he is. That's how powerful he is. So we can only take little bits of it at a time. Um, it can be overwhelming. I, I know at times in my own spiritual life, um, I, I, have, you, I get overwhelmed with who this God is. And a, a friend told me one time, he said, David, the understanding of the truth of God is sort of like walking in the headlights. If you walk into the headlights, the lights will blind you. But if you will turn and let the light, headlights illumine your path, then they guide you where you need to go. So if we allow the truth of God to guide us rather than trying to just walk right into them, then we will, we will have a more meaningful and uh, beneficial life. It's, it's too much for us to understand. It's too much for us to take in all at once. Um, so allow the truth of God to, to illumine the path, to show you the way to spiritual growth, little steps at a time. Don't try to do it all at once. You can't do it. Uh, it will overwhelm you. What impact do you think the miracle of turning water into wine had on those disciples? What impact? How would that have changed them? Um, I have a friend when he made profession of faith in Christ, when he, when he accepted the truth of that, he said, he said, you know, in the past I could see the forest, 
but now I can see the trees. Uh, for him, the truth enabled him to see the details of life and to, to understand life more, more clearly than it had before. And I think with the disciples, this helped them to see a little more clearly who Jesus was and to understand what it meant to be uh, the Christ, to be the Messiah. Chapter 3. John then tells us that Jesus goes to Jerusalem and enters the temple. Here he finds people selling oxen and sheep and doves. And um, now, now this was a regular practice. This was really a needed practice. Um, it, during the holy times, people would come from all over the world and they traveling, they weren't able to bring their sacrificial animals. So they had to uh, purchase them once they got there. And that's, that was a good thing. They were providing a service outside of the temple. But this is where the problem came in. The, the money changers were charging extremely high prices for people to exchange their currency for the local currency. They were, they were ripping the people off. They, the people came a great distance to offer sacrifices. They needed the sacrificial animals but they didn't have the right currency to buy it. And the money changers were making uh, uh, an enormous amount of money, taking advantage of the needs of the worshipers as they came into the temple. Um, and, and Jesus drove them out. He said, don't, don't do this. This is not the way we're to, to do the Lord's work. This is not what the, the sacrificial animals are supposed to be. John chapter 2 verses 16 and 17 verses 16 and 17 to those who sold doves he said get these out of here how dare you turn my father's house into a market how dare you take what God is doing and use it to make yourself wealthy um, you know, selling things is, wasn't a bad thing because the people needed it, but it was the motive behind it. It was what they were doing with it that was wrong in the house of God. So he, to use God's house for um, making a lot of money was not right. Now think about that a minute. Can you imagine someone coming into a local church today walking in and just walking up to the front of the church and, and pointing their fingers at everybody and saying, all of you are hypocrites. All Y'all are all sinners. You're all going to hell. Um, but that's in essence what Jesus was doing here. He spoke with authority. Jesus came in and, 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 and he, he spoke as somebody who knew what he was doing and could tell people what God really wanted. The disciples were watching that. As Jesus taught by example, as Jesus demonstrated the power of God, turning water into wine, the authority of God, cleansing the temple, um, and, and, and clarifying the issues of, of what the, the sacrificial animals were supposed to be used for. The more the disciples followed Jesus and watched what he did, the more they believed in him. If you want to have a relationship with God. It's like any relationship. 
The more time you spend together, the more experiences you share together, the better you get to know each other. And, and that's true with God too. The more time you spend in the, in the Bible, the more time you spend in prayer, the more time you spend in fellowship with other Christians, where you, you share Christ with, within them and, and get to know uh, Christ better that way. The more you step out in faith and say, God, I'm gonna trust you in this. Uh, the, the more experiences you have uh, with God, the better you'll get to know him. And that is true of any relationship that you have. If you uh, spend time together, you're going to get to know each other better. Chapter 3. One of the Pharisees, and the Pharisees were a very strict religious group. Um, there were religious leaders within the Jewish faith, but one of them named Nicodemus came to Jesus at night. And he called Jesus Rabbi. Now that in itself was a major statement for one of the Jewish leaders who supposedly were teachers of the law to call Jesus a rabbi. Um, that, that was a very sacred um, title. Uh, they, you didn't call everybody teacher. Nicodemus had obviously seen some of the signs, seen some of the things that Jesus had done, and he'd heard some of his teaching. Uh, Nicodemus was curious. Who, who is this guy? Who is this Jesus? I, I want to know more. But he came to Jesus at night. And he came to Jesus at night because Nicodemus was supposed to be, you know, one of the elite group. And he didn't want them to know that he was coming to see Jesus because that would betray his group. Um, so he came to, to Jesus at night because he too was curious. And, but he wanted to come and see for himself who this Jesus was. Jesus told Nicodemus about being born again. You, you're familiar with John uh, chapter 3, verse 16. You, it's, that chapter is one of the most quoted uh, chapters in the Bible. Um, and we have that because this man came to see Jesus to find out more about him. Uh, he was a well-educated man. He was uh, well-respected in the community. He had uh, uh, many, many things that could have kept him from coming to see Jesus, but he came anyway. Now, he didn't understand what Jesus was saying, and he couldn't understand it because he was had all of these this education and the teaching and traditions of his faith and his religion religious traditions kept him from coming during the day and being fully supportive but he came he came and tried to understand the things of God uh, Jesus speaks of of how he came from heaven and that he would be lifted up just like Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. This is a reference to his death. He's talking about he's going to be lifted up. He's going to be uh, crucified. Um, he was talking about himself and coming down from heaven. Um, and he, when he was talking about uh, Moses and the serpent, uh, that's something Nicodemus could relate to because that was from the Old Testament and it was part of the history of the Jewish people. 
Let me read to you some of that, if I might. John chapter 3, verses 16 through 21. Verses 16 through 21. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. But God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear, fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly and that what he has done has been done through God. Very familiar scriptures, but as Jesus is talking about himself and, and being the truth and being, and being the light, obviously it had an impact on Nicodemus because Nicodemus later is going to defend Jesus before the Sanhedrin, publicly stand up and defend Christ when uh, they were trying to uh, try him. And he also helped in the, uh, the burial of Christ after his crucifixion. So he went from coming at night in the shadows secretly to publicly declaring that he believed in who Jesus was. This man was seeking truth and he came to see Jesus for himself. His encounter with Christ changed his life and because of his coming, we have one of the clearest explanations of what it means to be born again that we, we have. Coming to Christ changes people's lives. It's changed people's lives throughout history. Um, but you have to come honestly, openly, seeking truth to come where you are. I, I remember when I was um, in college and I was raised in the church, but I, and I ran into a group of guys, that was, this, this group they called the Navigators, and they were doing, going around for different people's dorm rooms, talking to them about Christ. And the guy was, came into my room, he was sitting there talking to me. Uh, my roommate was in, on the bunk bed, I was sitting in my chair, and it just made sense to me. All of the Bible stories that I had heard growing up, all of a sudden clicked, and I realized, wow, they're true. This Jesus that I had uh, accepted when I was 13, now I was 18, is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. And if he is my creator, it made sense for me to give my life to him. But my prayer at that time was, God, if you are real, reveal yourself to me. And I think that honesty is what Jesus is looking for. That's what God wants, just to be truthful with him. You know, come as you are, come where you are, come just as you are. And, and God will accept that, and he will take you where you need to be. And that's the, the disciple process. That's the way Jesus works. He takes us where we are, and then he transforms us into the image of his son, Jesus the Christ. 
we're going to go ahead and do uh, chapter four uh, today, and then I, I, we'll we'll take a break from that and start the next section afterwards. But this is a, a part of that that uh, teaching by example. It's a part of the the development within the uh, the life of the disciples. Uh, here we have the story of, uh, of Jesus and his disciples uh, going from Galilee going to back to Galilee and as they were going they had to pass through Samaria well Samaria is a country right next to uh, the Jewish nation and they were not liked there was there was a lot of uh, um, prejudice against each other but they had to go through that country to get back to Galilee Jesus had walked a long ways and he was tired and he stopped and sat down by a well the disciples uh, went into town to buy food, and while they were in town, Jesus was sitting there beside the well. A woman, a Samaritan woman, came up to draw water, and Jesus asked her for a drink. Now, the culture of that day, um, men didn't speak to women in public at all. That was not done. And Jews did not speak to Samaritans. That was not done. That was culturally wrong. And this woman was very surprised when Jesus did that because he was a man and he was Jewish and he's talking to this Samaritan woman. But there were so many social barriers that Jesus broke at that moment. And he used that as a teaching example for his disciples. He was talking to her about living water. And he used the, the simple, ordinary things of life. Living water. The, the woman came to draw water from the well, and Jesus turned that into the living water that comes from God. And if you drink that water, you never thirst again, he said to her. Um, they talked about this woman's life and, and what true worship meant. And while they were talking, the disciples returned. Uh, the, the woman left her water pot there and went back into the town and told the people there, told the men there, come and see a man who told me all the things I have done. Could this be the Christ? Come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? That's verse 29. But she told the, the people, come and see for yourselves. I, I, I have discovered something that, that seems very real, that, that, that the Messiah, they believed in a Messiah. Um, it, 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 this man tells me all these things. Could he be the Christ? So he, the, the people came out from the city to see Jesus. And then in verses 39 through 42, 39 through 42, we hear their response to coming out to Jesus for themselves. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. Jesus stayed with them and talked to them and shared with them. Um, 
and they became believers because they came to see for themselves. And once they had done that, once they had encountered Jesus, then they were able to believe for themselves. Not just because of what the woman said, but because of what they experienced through Jesus Christ. Now, paint the moment about the impact this experience had on the disciples. Here they were. They were following Christ and they were raised in a certain cultural background. Uh, Jesus spoke to a woman and to a Samaritan and then these people believed in Jesus too. What he was doing was expanding the concept of who God is in their minds, where God is not just for the Jews. God was for all people. And this was a, 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 a major lesson for the, uh, for the disciples to, to come to terms with the fact that, that God is blessing all people not just the Jewish people, because that was the, the belief that they were raised with, and to be open to sharing this Jesus with other people. Now, there are many other lessons that Jesus taught his disciples in this first section, um, but, I, but I wanted to highlight a few of them to demonstrate how we come to Jesus personally. Uh, we have to come and see for ourselves. We have to learn directly from him. You cannot go by what other people tell you, and you can't go by what you have learned about religion. It's got to become real to you within. A relationship with Christ begins with a personal encounter with the living Lord. He came to earth in human form, and he lives today by his Spirit. If we seek him, we will find him, because the love of God is constantly searching for people who will believe, who will trust him, who will come to the light, who will believe the truth about what God has done in the world. Do you believe that? Come on. Find out for yourself. Come and see who Jesus is. Till next time. I hope your pilgrimage is successful as we journey together through John.